up. Take your Bibles today to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, if you would. We've been going, for those that are visiting with us today, through uh, the gospel of John. John tells us in John chapter 20 that he wrote these things, particularly about the different signs or the miracles that Jesus did so that we would know that he is the Son of God and believe, and by believing, have eternal life. And so we've been walking through uh, the gospel of John, and we find ourselves today in John chapter 6 in verses 15 through 21. Let's pray together, and then we'll jump into our message. Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to gather corporately for this time of worship. Lord, I do thank you for the songs that we sang that lifted up your name and pointed us uh, to you and, Lord, reminded us about the cross of Calvary. And, Father, I pray if somebody here today has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, may today be that day in their life. But, Father, for those of us that are believers, I pray that we'd be strengthened and helped as we desire to live for you and honor you and glorify you here in this world that we find ourselves. Lord, use your word in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One thing that is a reality of life is deception. Deception seems to be just a normal part of life. It seems to be a normal part of pretty much everyone's life. Since the fall, our world has been plagued with deception. People lie to get themselves out of trouble. People lie to keep themselves out of trouble. People are deceptive to get things they want. People lie because really it becomes a habit. And the sad truth is, is that we often deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves about our addictions or our failures. We have a hard time admitting the struggles that we have in our life. And, and the reality is, is we can go around this room and we can all say good things about ourselves and, and most of them would be true. But we could also go around and we can all truly share some things that we struggle with and that we battle here in this life, though we don't often really want to take a hard look at our lives and admit it. And so we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves our, about our abilities. And it's interesting, we kind of go both ways with this. We have the extreme crowd on one side who says, listen, I am the greatest. Just ask me. I'll tell you about it, okay? And I'm also the most humble person you'll ever meet. Um, just ask me about that as well. And we have the people on that side. And then we have people on the other side who uh, are deceive themselves about their ability. I, I just can't do anything. I'm just, I'm just not good enough. And they don't need me. They don't want me. There's, there's nothing that I can do. You know, it becomes so common to deceive ourselves that oftentimes we don't even know that we're doing it. As we lie to ourselves, we lie sometimes to protect ourselves. Sometimes we lie because we're lazy. And many times because, as I mentioned, it is, it's our habit. But you know, we lie to ourselves when we find ourselves in difficult times. Times that we call the, the storms of life. Maybe we tell ourselves that we don't deserve to be in this storm. We don't deserve to be treated this way. We don't deserve what's going on. Maybe we tell ourselves that God doesn't care about us. God doesn't know where we are, or if he does know, he doesn't care about us. We have a wrong understanding when it comes to the, the storms of life. We don't understand their purpose, and we don't even understand what God, who God is and what he's doing. You know, it's interesting. People that know the Bible, 
people that quote the Bible, yet in the midst of the storms, we look around and we're, we're deceived. We, we don't understand what God is doing and, and who he is. And as we look at this, this passage, I want us to see some simple truths. Simple truths that I believe will help us understand the, the realities of our life. These truths, I believe, will help us come through the storms. Now, in John chapter 6, verses 15 through 21, we find the, the familiar story where Jesus walks on the water. Last week, we looked at the, the passage where Jesus fed the 5,000 men and it, with these loaves and fishes, and it's estimated that he fed upwards to 20,000 people. Because of this miracle, Jesus knew that they would try to, to make him a king. I mean, think about it. If this man could feed all of us with these loaves and fishes, then he could take care of all of our problems. He could take care of our persecution by the government. He could satisfy all of our, all of our physical needs. You know, many times we are deceived when it comes to what we need in life. We're deceived when it comes to what we need in life. We believe our, our greatest needs in life are material things. If I just had more money, if I just had a better lifestyle, then man, everything would be, would be great. We believe we need to avoid storms and difficult times in our life. We do everything we can to make our life easier and to avoid uh, difficulties and, and even the trials because we don't understand how God uses them and what he wants to do in our life. We believe that all of our problems are everybody else's fault. It's, it's never my fault. It's always somebody else's fault. You know, you can see that in a child. I didn't do it. They did it. It's not my fault. It's their fault. But we do that as adults as well. When we're going through this, we, we want to look, who can we blame and who can we accuse? We believe all of our solutions are, are either found in the material things of this world or the wisdom of men. You know, that's why God tells us and has to tell us, trust in the Lord and lean not unto thine own understanding. We're so quick to, to run away from the Bible and, and, and forget what God's Word says and disregard the Scriptures and start leaning on our own understanding. How can I fix this? What can you do for me? And we kind of have, we've deceived ourselves when it comes to these issues, these storms, these trials of our life. Now, now Jesus knew the plans that these people had for him, and his plans were not their plans, because Jesus knew what, what they needed. Now, last week we mentioned the feeding of the 4,000 is uh, the only miracle that was mentioned in all four, or the 5,000, excuse me, was the only miracle mentioned in all four Gospels. Here we find the walking of the water. This miracle is also seen in, in Matthew and Mark as well. And we're going to look at these passages as well to learn some principles, learn these truths about how we can survive these storms and learn what God wants us to learn from them. There's, I believe, six truths that I want to share with you today. Number one, when we come to the storms of life, we have to understand that storms come even when we obey. Storms come even when we obey. Now, John doesn't share this point, but if you go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, or Mark chapter 6 and verse 45, the other accounts of these storms, the Bible tells us that Jesus himself compelled or commanded or even put the disciples in 
the boat. Jesus told them to get into the boat and, and to go across to the other side. And, and then in John and the other Gospels tell us that Jesus goes up into the mountain to, to pray. The disciples were simply being obedient to what God had, to, to what Jesus had told them to do. Now, don't get me wrong, some storms come because of our disobedience. Some storms come because of our disobedience. Probably the greatest example in Scripture of this would be Jonah. Jonah's told to go to Nineveh. He goes and buys a ticket, gets on the boat to go the opposite direction to Tarshish. And what happens? He literally finds himself in the same situation on a boat in a storm because of his disobedience. David was another example. He faced hardships because of his own sinfulness, because of his own disobedience. He's going to see the consequences of his actions in his life, even in the lives of his children. And these storms, these trials, these difficulties were because of his own, because of his own disobedience. And the Bible is very clear. We are going to reap what we sow. Many people, are, and even Christians, are walking around to the, in the world today. They're living in sin. They're living contrary to the Word of God. And then they question, I don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening, why I'm having the, this difficulty, why I have this struggle, when the reality is if you'll be honest with yourself and say, listen, I have decided I'm going to do things in my own way, and now I need to wise up and say my way is not as good as God's way. And God's ways are better than my ways, and I need to simply follow Him. Some storms do come because of our disobedience. Unfortunately, some storms come because of others' disobedience to God. You think about Moses and Caleb and Joshua. I mean, here they go over to the land, they spy it out, and they come back. Caleb and Joshua says, listen, we can go. And, and these guys were ready to go over to the promised land. But the people as a whole decided to disobey God. So what happened to Joshua, Caleb, and Moses? They had to wander in the wilderness just like everybody else. And they had to suffer the consequences because of the disobedience of the nation of Israel. But some storms will come simply when we obey God. And that's what we find here in this, this story. They got on the boat as Jesus had commanded them. And when they get out to the middle of the, the, the lake, they find themselves in a storm. I think about Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph loved God. He was obedient to God, and where does he find himself? He, he, he could have sinned with the, the woman that approached him, but he flee, he ran from her, and what happened? She accused him of attempted rape, and he's cast into prison where he's forgotten. He's in the middle of this difficulty, in the middle of this storm. I think of da Daniel in the lion's den. He simply obeyed God. He, 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 he made a commitment to pray three times a day, and, and he said he wasn't going to break that commitment, and he followed through with that. And next thing you know, he finds himself in the lion's den. Moses constantly dealt with this through his ministry as he obeyed God. He, he takes them out of Egypt, and now he's facing the Red Sea and, and Pharaoh's army, and he gets across and, 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 and the, on dry land, and, and now he's, uh, the people are murmuring and wanting to replace him. Over and over, as he obeyed God and followed God's will, he found himself in the middle of these trials and difficulties. And the disciples found themselves in the storm after Christ sent them into the boat. You know, a lot of times we look at other people's lives and we say, wow, you know, what sin is in your life because you're dealing with that issue? 
because you have that trial or, or difficulty. Well, what, what's wrong? Listen, sometimes when you're simply obeying God, simply right in the middle of his will, God's going to bring these storms. See, what happens is we get in the middle of them, either ourselves or we see other people in the middle of them, and we forget things like James chapter 1 when it says, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, when you have these trials and when you have these difficulties. You know, we love to quote verses like, you know, all things work together for good to them that love God. And we'll even say, you know, praise the Lord, all things aren't good. But all things work together for good. But then when we find ourselves in that, we, we struggle. Why is this happening? And we begin to question it. But there's going to be storms. There's going to be difficulties. And God is going to use them in your life. And sometimes when you're right where you're supposed to be and you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, you're going to go through a storm. Realize that. Number two, storms come oftentimes after great victories. Storms come oftentimes after great victories. I mean, Jesus had just, Jesus had just fed 5,000. I mean, we know that Andrew and Philip were there and the other disciples, and, and Jesus prayed over the, the loaves, and he broke the loaves, and he gave it to them, and they passed it out. Listen, these guys had the opportunity to watch the food in their hands never go away. I mean, they, they broke it and gave it to this piece. I mean, everybody probably loved them. They all loved Jesus because he had given them this food. And they were a part of this wonderful miracle. Listen, I, I'm amazed at some of the things that I am able to see God do in my life. And none of them compare to that. All right? If I was there, I'd be on a super spiritual high right now. Like, this was awesome. All right? I mean, this is amazing when you stop and think about what we were just a part of. And a lot of times it's in those moments when we see God do great things, it's easy to become distracted. Think about sports teams. How many times have we seen a, a sports team beat a team they shouldn't, have, they shouldn't have beat? I mean, they go into the game, whether it's a football game, a basketball game, and, and we know there, there's no way this team is going to win. And somehow they, they beat what we call the giant, you know, the Goliath, and they, get the, they, they have the victory. But then the very next game, they go against a team they're supposed to beat. And what happens? They fall flat, and they lose because they get distracted. They get pumped up. They have this great victory, and they lose sight of, they lose sight of the goal. Satan often tempts us when we're on the, when we're on the mountaintop. He, he tempts us when we're on the mountaintop and things are going great and life is going wonderful. We find ourselves in the, in the middle of these storms here in life because it, we get distracted. Maybe we think too much of ourselves. Nothing can happen to us now. We're, we're invincible. So we have to be on guard and be prepared. The third truth is that we see in our passage here that Will read for us just a little while ago. Jesus knows where you are and what you're going through. Look at our passage here. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain. So he put them on the boat. And when even was now come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark. And Jesus would not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five, 20, or 30 furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea. 
You know, he sent the disciples into the boat. He knew the storm was coming. And it, I love the verse there where it says, it was dark and he was not there. It was dark and he was not there. I wonder what the disciples were thinking at that moment as the storm is coming up and they're like, wait a minute, Jesus told us to get into the boat. Why didn't he come into the boat? Why didn't he come with it? Where, where is he? he? He's not. He's not here. And the thought process that goes through their mind. And you know, we do the same thing oftentimes in our life. We, we find ourselves in the middle of a struggle and say, well, God, I'm doing your will. Think of a couple years ago, a missionary family out of Indiana goes to Africa. And, and just after a couple weeks, the husband is murdered. And the wife and the I don't remember how many children it was, six or eight children. They come back to Indiana. I was at Pensacola preaching one time, and she was there and, uh, with her family and some others. And, and I had the opportunity to meet her. And, and this was after her husband was killed. And for many, we would be like, God, why, why don't you care about it? We're, we're going to the mission field. We're trying to reach people with the gospel. And, and we'd become bitter and angry. And you say, well, I wouldn't do that. Listen, you get angry if you, you know, have a bad day. And you get a flat tire, you run out of gas, and we say, why does this always happen to me? God doesn't care about me because look at what I'm going through in life. My kids disobeyed, and I'm it's too hot outside, or it's too cold outside. Life isn't exactly what we want, and we begin to challenge and question God. Here this lady lost her husband, and she was right in the will of God trying to serve God and be faithful. You know, sometimes it's easy in those moments to say, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? And we deceive ourselves thinking he doesn't care. And the Bible tells us here, John is writing, listen, it's dark outside, they're in the storm, and Jesus is not there. In our life, sometimes it's dark, and it's stormy, and we think, well, where's God in those moments? Listen, he knows where you are. He cares about what you're going through. Don't deceive yourselves, and don't let this world deceive you into thinking anything different. Number four, we need to do, in those moments of storms and difficulties in life, we need to do what we know to do. We need to do what we know to do. I don't want you to miss this verse. Go back with me if you would. We're in John chapter 6, and the Bible tells us in verse 18, there, uh, and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. And then it says in this in verse 19, so when they had rowed about 5, 20, and 30 furlongs, when the storm came, what did the disciples do? The Bible tells us they did what they know to do. The disciples rowed. They, they simply rowed the boat with all of their ability. What else, what else could they do? They, they could have just put their oars down and they could have just sat there and like many people do today. They could have just sat there and, and, and complained about the situation. Oftentimes when we know, when we're going through these storms, we know what to do. What do we need to do? We need to trust God. He, he sent us here, and he will see us through. But what happens so often in our society is, well, I'm going through this hard time, so what do I do? I quit church. I quit serving God. I quit reading my Bible. I quit witnessing. Hey, why don't you come to church anymore? Well, you know, life is just a little too hard right now for us. 
and what was going on. See, we've deceived ourselves. Our thinking is so contrary to the Bible. It's in the middle of those storms that we need God and we need God's people. So when, when we're going through these times of life, what do we need to do? Do what we know to do. It was these guys against the storm and the storm was going to win from a human perspective. But what did they do? They gave it all they had. They rode and they rode and they rode. And then the Bible tells us then Jesus showed up. So number five, he will see you through the storm. Don't think God's forgotten about you. He's given up on you. He will see you through the storm. Sometimes it's in an unexpected way. Look at what the Bible tells us. They rode and then they see Jesus. Notice they're walking on the sea. I'm willing to guess that none of them expected to see Jesus walking on the water. I guarantee you that was the furthest thing from their mind. And sometimes God shows up in unexpected ways. Sometimes it's not how we would have done it. Sometimes it's not how we would have done it. You know, they would have rather Jesus been in the boat and just said, peace be still. Hey, it's five mile an hour. That's enough wind for today. All right, we're going to calm down here, make life a little easier. But that's not what happened. You know, God will see us through the storm. Sometimes he might take us home. And we, you know, we pray oftentimes for people to be healed. Well, they have cancer. They have this issue or that issue. And, and so we pray and we ask, Lord, Lord, see us through this. And sometimes God will do it in an unexpected way. And he'll take us home. And we have to trust that his way is the right way and his way is the best way. Sometimes he'll heal us. He might help us live, live through it. But he's going to help us and see us through. Sometimes it's miraculous. He calmed the storm. And then the Bible tells us here that they were immediately at the land. As soon as Jesus is there walking on the water, they immediately were not, they were immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. I don't want you to miss that. If you go back and read the story, they were about halfway across the, land, the, the lake. They estimate between three and a half and four miles as they had to go to the land. Jesus walks on the water. They're in the middle of the storm. He says, don't be afraid. And then the storm calms and they're immediately at the land. That, that's a, a miracle. Sometimes the storm calms and they have to keep rowing, Right? I mean, they could have been there, the storm calmed, and, and Jesus gets in the boat, and then they have to keep rowing. Sometimes it's a miracle, and then sometimes it's the mundane things of life that God uses to, to help us through. Sometimes it's the things that, that aren't the big and, and splashy, but he knows what we need, and he knows what is best, and he knows what's best for others. And that leads us to our last and final point then this morning in the middle of a storm, when we trust God, when we trust God, others will be impacted. Others will be impacted. I want you to take your Bibles to the other passage there in Matthew chapter 14, because I want you to see Matthew's perspective and what he teaches us in this passage. Jesus comes and he tells them not to be afraid and the storms calmed. And then notice what it says in verse 33. 
Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. A lot of times we go through storms in life, not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others. We see here in this passage, these men in the ship, they realized who Jesus was. This is the Son of God. And the Bible tells us because of that, they then worshipped him. And then when they get to the land, they brought others, they brought others to him. You know, the way that we live and the storms of life often will have a greater impact on people around us than how we live when life is easy and peaceful. When people see your faith and see your trust and your eyes are kept on Christ and you don't quit the church and you continue to serve God, even in the midst, midst of those difficult times, you see, living through the storms has kind of a, a trickle-down effect. The guys in the boat realized who he was, and they worshiped him. And then when they get to the other land, other side, they begin to go around and tell people who this Jesus is. I don't know what storm you're going through or what you will go through, but God does. Jesus knows where you are, and he knows what you're going through in life. Don't forget that. We need to do what we need to know to do. Be faithful. Do the things that God has called us to do and that God expects us to do. Don't quit. Realizing and understanding he will see you through, and I guarantee you, on the other side of that storm, you will grow, but also you will be able to have an impact on the lives of other people. God is faithful, and he knows right where I am. He knows what I'm going through. He knows what's going to happen next week. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow, and I can trust him through all of the difficulties of life.